Ralph Waldo Emerson said, life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood. Maya Angelou said, you will face many defeats in life, but never let yourself be defeated. Colin Davis said, the road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. Welcome to Make Shit Happen Part 2 of Episode Number 13 with Sukena Rajani, the owner, the CEO, the founder of Macrooms Mapatees. This is the continuation of Part 1 of the interview with Sukena Rajani. I hope you listen to it. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's dive into Part 2 of Episode Number 13 of Make Shit Happen. So, uh, you know, you started this thing. Now, I know, I know you probably didn't think about franchise tax and uh, insurance oh, I know. and uh, employee taxes. And, I know. It's like you're not just paying them comp. $18 an hour. You're actually paying them like $24 and an hour. And workers you know? comp. And, I know. I mean, so did you take all that in consideration? No. Nope, did not. Did you? Did you? When did you learn that? How long before oh, you within finally the first figured month, it out? First month. And I was like, oh my, I did not take all of this into account. But, you know, like I said, we had such a strong start and we just did well that like, I, it, that wasn't even the issue. It was a matter of like, let me just make sure I'm paying everything. Like everything is being taken care of. I was more yeah. worried about that. So, you know, I told, uh, I said that in one of my podcasts, I'm like, you know, people, if they want to get into business, I mean, you know, don't learn, you know, a lot of people ask me and I'm like, don't learn from me. Learn from what I did not do, you know, it's just like, you know, I think people should take like a little class, you know, some kind of financial, you know, what, you know, what, what do I need when I'm in business? What am I responsible for? And they do offer those, I believe, through the University of Houston and small business department. Yeah. But even then, I would say find somebody that's in the same industry that you're planning on going into. And I'm sure like when people come and ask me all the time, I have no problem outlining all of my costs for them. Right. You know, I, I don't have a problem sharing that. I just would rather you go in informed than uninformed, right? When I was doing commercial real estate, I remember, you know, there was a guy that was like, I want to open up a hot dog shop and everybody wants their hot dog shop in like the Galleria. And I'm yeah. like, well, how many hot dogs are you going to have to sell in the Galleria area to break even, you know? And he had this estimate, but I'm like, can we add all of this in? Now, how many hot dogs? What are you yeah. going to do? Sell them for 20 bucks each? You know, so I think that it's just a matter of being realistic and also having the resources. And that's the thing with Houston. We have such amazing people. There's always someone you can talk to or so, ask for help. So you said you said you were doing commercial real estate. Yeah. You, you 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 skipped that part for me. Yeah, I got my real estate license. I did a commercial brokerage, tenant rep. I still hang my license, and I still uh, I mean I still negotiate my own leases and everything. Okay. Yeah. So so you know so you 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 went to school to become a pharmacist eventually. Kind of yeah. You went to holistic. You had yeah. a holistic wellness program. Yeah. You're a yoga instructor. Yeah. Uh, you're a chef or a, you know a baker, a baker <laughs> right, right. Uh, a commercial real estate is there anything else we are missing uh i'm hoping a couple more businesses that i can release or launch with you in right. a year or so. Right. so 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 tell me something what is mm -hmm. what is your you know what is something like some goals that you're trying to work towards i mean what is you, you must have some i mean you look like somebody who wants to do all that stuff so give us some of the goals that in the next five years let's say or something, something you aspire to be? Okay, well, um, I'll start on a personal level because sure. oftentimes, you know, we get so caught up in our business stuff. So obviously I need to balance my family life and personal life a little bit. So I'm working on that aspect of my life. Okay. Um, and then the other component would be, you know, we are a franchise officially for oh, our business. And so we have over, I don't know, 150, 180 applications that have come in. So I need to hunker down and start going through them. Mm -hmm. um, as well, I want to grow, I, I just want to grow macaron. 
Um, in the meantime, I have two other businesses that I'm working on. Uh -huh. um, and so I'm hoping that we'll have the launch in the next year or by the end of 2020. If I, I, I don't want to ask you what's your business, but what kind of field are they in, if you don't mind me asking? Um, one is service, and the other one is also semi-food related. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So you want to franchise uh, your business, Macaroon by Petit. Mm -hmm. what, what areas are you thinking about? Franchise. I think for now we want to be outside of Houston. So we would okay. want to go, I want to start in Texas. I want to do like Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and then kind of move states. We have a lot of applications throughout the states as well as internationally, actually. So we are potentially looking at even maybe setting up a commissary in the Middle East. So are you, uh, are you, why, why you don't want to give anyone licensing in Houston? I think that we've kind of saturated the market. Well, I, mean, I, but, but, I but don't. If, if someone, if someone who lives in Cyprus, where do they that's go That's true. Them? And people do say that to me. Um, I also would just have to find the perfect partner. That's yeah. the other thing. This is my, it's going to be my first franchise. I'm going to be super picky about who I go into business with. Yeah. Um, and so at this point from the applications that we've seen, we haven't come across someone. Yeah, I'm just wondering if someone, if someone lives in Cyprus, <laughs> They're not going to River Oaks. Right. And going to Galleria is a mission. Oh, it and all going totally inside is. the Galleria I mean, is even worse. Is worse, right? Yeah. So, and then definitely not going to Woodlands because that's about a 45, 50 minute yeah, drive. Yeah, it is tough. And I know and those clients and they always are like, when are you going to open near us? And, uh, you know, the idea is is if we find the right partner, the right location, I'm open to it. But ideally, if you were going to ask me, I'd like to venture outside of the city. And I mean, honestly, city. if I was like thinking, I'm just saying Cyprus, but Sugarland, I mean, you know, I mean, you know. Sugarland, Katy, Cyprus. I, I mean, mean, there's still opportunity for growth, yes. Yeah. I think so, a part so, of me just wants to... So one thing, okay, and I had talked to, you know, I've talked to several people and even like on podcasting and, you know, I come across people. Why wouldn't you open it? Um, Or do you just not want to open it, you'd rather franchise it? You want my really honest answer, I'm assuming? I'm, I want an honest answer. I am Putting you on the exhausted spot. from managing staff. Okay. My kitchen staff is not difficult to manage. They're amazing. They've been with me for years. And even some of my retail is great. But like you can imagine the Galleria, the turnover that goes through. Oh, the yeah. thing with these locations is that they don't make the macarons on site, right? Everything right. is made at the commissary. So you don't really need a whole lot of people in the shops. All they need to do is put macarons in a box and give amazing customer service. Um, and yet somehow that ends up being sometimes difficult. Exactly. And so let's just say I go ahead and open one in... Cyprus or Katie and they don't show up who's running there right me right? right and I already have the woodlands I have river oaks and I have galleria and I think I'm at that point where I just don't want to deal with that gotcha. so if somebody else if there's a franchisee they're vested they're going to deal with their staff they're going to deal with their location they want to they're, they're going to have ownership in that business exactly so then I don't have to worry about so it if someone much. wants to someone wants to you know someone who's listening they're like oh you know what I'm interested I might want to open up in Cyprus I want to open up in San Antonio how do they contact you so there is a franchise form on our website you can fill okay. it out um, and I will get back to you. So where, where do they, it's like a franchisee investor relations. It'll like? say, um, at Macron by it just says franchise. Oh, it's franchise. Yeah. Okay. So you can just click on it. It'll give you a submission form. You fill it out. I'll get back to you. It, it generally has a questionnaire right attached okay. to it. Like what areas are you interested in? Do you want inline or kiosk? Um, and then I'll send you the FDD. Okay. Gotcha. What yeah. is the FDD? Your franchise disclosure okay. documents. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, so and, that's what tells you, you know, how much we've made and all that. Fun and stuff. what made you, what made you want to franchise it? Exactly that. I just didn't, I want, I knew you that want to grow was, the brand. I know that the brand needs to grow and it's okay. doing great. We ship nationwide at uh -huh. this point. So that means our macarons have made their way kind of all over the country. So I know that there's a need and desire and, and, you know, demand for it. I just don't want to be 
I, I still want to live my life. I got you. A little. You, you know, hey, you, you know, that's the, nothing wrong with that. And franchising is a, is a good concept. Matter of fact, I was listening. I was, uh, uh, yeah, I remember now. Okay, so I was watching, I was listening to this podcast on NPR mm -hmm. the other day. And this lady had started, uh, it was called uh, Chicken Salad. That that was that's what she was making. She was making chicken salad, and it's called Chicken Salad something. I can't know, Chicken Salad rest, Restaurant or something like that. Okay. The name of her franchise. It's in you know because in the south, in uh, in the south when I say south of south of United States, people eat a lot of chicken salad. Right. And you know how like in the north it's like uh, clam chowder and right. stuff like that. In, in the south it's chicken salad. So she started this chicken salad. She was making a lot of chicken salad, perfected the recipe, and was selling it out of her car. End up doing a bunch of, you know, just got a lot of chicken salad. It's one of the fastest growing franchises in the country. Look at her go. I love it. Yeah. Selling about, I think, like 76 million or 176 million. Huge. I mean, Amazing. the success is huge. I love that. And it built it all on franchising. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, franchise definitely can grow. Yeah. And I think it, it depends business to business. I think in my situation, I think it could be a good opportunity. Yeah. Growing a business is always a challenge. Tell me some of the challenges you face every day besides employees i get that besides employees um i mean we are in a society that is constantly demanding innovation right so as great as i think my innovation is do i think i could do better absolutely um continually making sure that your clients are being serviced you're still maintaining and fostering the relationships with your existing clients or vendors i mean all of that takes a lot of effort it takes time it takes attention um, and it takes care and I take pride in those relationships, but sometimes it can be exhausting. Like there's some days where I'm like, I really don't want to talk to anybody, you yeah. know, I kind of, and I'm a very social extroverted person, but even now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I kind of need a day where I can sit on my laptop and just like shut the world off, you yeah. know? Um, and so, or I want to be in the kitchen piping macarons completely zoned out. You know, it's one of my happy places, which I don't get to do as much anymore. Um, but I would say that, you know, it's maintaining and fostering all the expectations people have of you. Um, you're in a service related business, right. and, you know, one, one pissed off customer can put a lot of social, you know, get on social media, put some mm -hmm. bad reviews. How do you, you know, kind of maintain the reputation aspect of it? Um, my staff get very diligent training. Uh -huh. Um, so they know exactly how to work with clients. Remember we're a luxury good, right? right? So the people that come into our shops demand a certain quality and amount of service, right? Like it's when you walk into Chanel, you know, you're greeted a certain way, you're given a glass of champagne, like there's there's a, a, a an etiquette that goes with it. Right. So my staff are very well trained on that. Um, and then the second part of it is, is that we've just maintained really high standards. And so we haven't really had to knock on wood experience much of that. Okay. Um, if we ever do, I'm the first to be the one on that phone and be like, what can I do to make this better? Gotcha. What happened? Let me fix it. And it'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Get in front of the problem. Oh, I, and I pride like our company on that. That's something that's important to me. It's the same way where I go to nice luxury places. If I don't have a good experience and they don't fix it for me, I'm a little hesitant to go back. If I have a great experience, I'm there every week, yeah. you know? And so it's just that loyalty, the brand loyalty matters a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, and brand loyalty is, you can only build it by, by getting in front of the problem and not hiding from them. So, but that's problem. your other thing, right? When you have, when I as the owner have become the face of the company, yeah. that also extends me a little bit, yeah. right? So not only me dealing with the business staff, but I've also become the face, which creates a whole new. Trust me, I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one more thing I want to talk about, and I mean, you know, let's get a little more personal level. So you say, you know, places you go to, tell me some of the places that you like to go to, like, you know, like to eat, 
Absolutely. Like to, you know, I you, like you to did the eat. you did the spinning, you do the spinning. Yes. Tell okay. us a little bit about that. Um what is your favorite place to eat? Oh, I have many favorite places to eat. Okay. So it's all about the genre of food. So okay. um right now I've been loving going to Eunice. I don't know if you've been yet. No, it's like been. kind of in line with Tony's right there on Richmond okay. and Adlow area. Um the great seafood. I just like sitting at their bar. It's so great. Eunice is seafood. Uh, well, no, that's well, that's where I would go for seafood right now. I love sushi. Kata Rabada is one of my favorite places, uh-huh. or MF. Um, I just like food, so I have a lot of favorite food places. Um, as far as other things I do in my personal life, I still do yoga. I actually do train at the Post Oak Hotel, um, okay. so I'm sure you know, uh, you know, Cruz, of course. Uh-huh. He trains with Dose, so do I, um, and so that's how I get a lot of my aggression out early morning. Okay. is to go get my workout in. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think Houston is just has some great places to go. I mean, B19 is right around the corner from me. So I'm a regular there. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. you have, they have your picture hanging right there. Oh no. <laughs> I hope not. That would be horrible. Um, so, uh, so you like, you know, tell me why, why you said you, you work out, you get your aggression out. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Why, why do you find that important? Or why do you find it necessary? So I like to talk about that all the time because that way people can know why, you know, and I think if you're in business, it's just so important to get some of it out. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's also why I do such intense activities, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. like spin or like, you know, doing high intensity interval training. Um, I Or even when I taught yoga, I did a flow, you know, it was hot flow. I was sweating it all out. Um, for me, obviously, the physiological reasons are a big thing. I come from health and wellness background. I get how important it is. Your endorphins are increased the moment you exercise. Your cortisol levels go down. When you're a business owner, all of that is out of whack. Yeah. You know, your hormones, your cortisol, your all of that. And so I think that if you can dedicate some time for yourself where you uh-huh. can check out, when you're slamming those dead balls, uh-huh. that's when you get all that aggression out. You do what you need to do. Feel you good know? about that. Huh? Yeah, and then you leave and the rest of your day can continue. Now, I can't, that's one thing I can't do. I can't work out in the evenings because I my schedule is too unpredictable. So I'd like to, but then something can come up or I'll get delayed or whatever. So my thing is, which is why I wake up so early. You know why I can't, I can't work out in the evening? I'm just... I'm just beat. You're tired. I'm yeah. tired. I get it. Yeah. I so totally get it. how do you, uh, like in the evening, if you don't want to work out, how do you kind of relax? How do you, I mean, what do you do? I mean, do you like, I mean, are you like a TV watcher? Are you a book reader? I'm a book reader. You're a book reader. I'm definitely not a TV watcher. Okay. Yeah. Um, not that I don't enjoy some great shows, but um, definitely much more a reader. Um, and if I'm not, my way to unwind really is socializing. I'm one of those people that likes to sit and have yeah. a glass of wine with somebody. Or, Social you know, butterfly. Yeah. I mean, not in you know, large groups or whatever, but having like good conversation or, you know, having some friends over, girlfriend over. I mean, it's just always nice to do it's that. It's always nice yeah. to do that. Um, you, you said that you want to open up a couple of businesses and this and that. Is there, I mean, is there something you have a goal? Like, you know what? I want to buy a plane one day. You know, I love I wanna, that you. I want to buy. I want to buy the chopper that that Tillman had. <laughs> I, you know, I love that you asked me that question because I just recently finished a book, and um, one of the chapters on there that was dedicated was "What's your why?" Uh-huh. You know, like what is it that every day when you wake up in the morning, what gets you up? Mm-hmm. What is it that you're working for? Um, yeah, I love designer things, and I love traveling. I think for me is just having financial independence. Um, you know, I watched both my parents work 
as I grew up. My mom worked shift work and worked in Vancouver while we lived in Edmonton, commuted. My dad worked for the hospital. Um, you know, they had very, you know, we didn't get to spend time with them together much because of their chaotic schedules. And, you know, it's an immigrant family. They come here, they work three jobs each. Um, and so it was always really important to me to be able to have time with my family while still not worrying. Like, I don't want to have to worry about how my bills are going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also somebody that will learn to live within whatever means I have. Mm-hmm. So if I don't make that much, I won't like, I'm not one of those people that likes to put things on my credit card. I don't usually have a, I don't ever have a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I work for financial independence. So, you know, you Freedom. said you don't like to put, you don't like to put things on your credit card. And that's a very important message that I, you know, I would like to talk a little bit about, especially people who are, you know, because, you know, in this world, we, we live in social media age, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, people like to portray that success mm-hmm. and and i've talked to people and they have said they have said you know well if if i don't show this and if i don't buy this and if i don't do that then people will not take me serious and they won't think i'm successful what is your opinion about that i i see why some people may say that uh-huh. um in my circumstance i'm a luxury good yes i get invited to really nice parties and i still have to look a certain part Does it matter whether I'm wearing my lubes or my, and yes, like I, I have, you know, nice pieces here and there, but I don't think that my value or worth is based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather go to bed without any stress on my shoulders as to this debt that I have looming versus mm-hmm. go to bed knowing everything is okay and paid for, you know? Okay. So yes, I, and I think this is something that my parents have instilled in me. Like there, if you cannot afford it, it you're not getting it. You know, um, if I can pay it off that month, that's when I get it, you know, and that doesn't mean I don't treat myself or do the finer things in life. I mean, I feel like I've earned it, you know, but I'm still very cognizant of those purchases. Um, and if I am going to spend my money, it'll be on an experience. I'd rather travel. Um, but that's a personal thing for me. But I don't think I think people need to really bring it back to what is your value statement for yourself? What is it that you and if you do portray all this wealth and success, is that really going to generate more wealth and success? Like, is that really a true statement? Mm-hmm. True. you know or are people going to see value in your authenticity and see that you're really working hard and you're grinding it out and you care about them and you're putting them before you're even putting yourself yeah true talk about humility what is what is your idea of humility i mean and why is humility important what do you think i think it's what you said earlier we live in an area like an era of social media it's hard to really know who somebody really is mm-hmm. right um and i think the more and more we're getting into the world of social media it is starting to those walls are starting to come down and i think people are appreciating the authenticity and you know people want to be able to relate to you mm-hmm. if you're all if you're up here and the majority of the people are down here there's an unrelatability factor so why not just be who you are um but i also think humility comes from You have it today. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> so true. You don't. So true. You could have it all and you could lose it all. Lose it all. And then what like are you going to do? So, you know, that's that's one thing that I always say, one of my mantras. But there's people, and I was uh, I was invited to this show with uh, Ursh. Uh, he has this show called The Flex Coach. Real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, bright guy. Bright kid. Let me just put it that way. Um Because he's, what, 22, 23? Wow. It's a kid for me. I'm 42, yeah. so. Kid for me, too. All right. So, so you know, and that's the question he asked me. He's like, well, but there's some people who don't want to be humble because if they, you know, because, and and I don't know why he said that, but he's like, well, people don't want to be humble because they don't want people to take advantage of you. And they don't want, you know, they don't want you to be thinking that, you know, they don't want you to think, he, well, that person don't want people to think that they are weak, 
or they are they cannot stand up for themselves. Or I they, don't think those two are related at all. And that's one thing that I told him. So tell yeah. me, what do you think if I ask that question? Yeah, I don't think that those two things are related at all. In fact, when I see somebody who's far more humble and carries themselves with grace and dignity, I probably respect them more. I look at them as somebody who's not sitting there dropping names or I know this person or I did this or, you know, oftentimes when I get that, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of fluff. Like, who are you really? Right. You know? Um, and so, no, I don't think that has anything to do with... Um, being humble. And I think it is important. Like I said, life is unpredictable. Right. I mean, unfortunately we live in a society right now where even sending your kids to school, you're worried. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, or today. And so I, I just think that if we don't live with that modesty, with the humility, with an ability to be humble and a way to relate to the masses, then we're not really connecting on a deeper level. So yeah. I'm, I mean, so I'm glad you said that humility to me, to be humble is, is more important than anything, you know, it's 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 here one day and next day it's gone and it's hard ego gets in the way i mean ego's a strong strong thing um, i was uh i was at a at a, at, a, at a gathering earlier we, we went to go read books to these uh, uh these elementary school kids. that's adorable and we were just right there we were talking about it and you know we were talking about why the the coaches don't do that when the commentators are telling and the other people are telling them what to do and i'm like it's the ego because mm -hmm. I'm the coach of this team and I'm not going to listen to anybody. And I mean, you know, same thing in business. Mm -hmm. People make some stupid, stupid decisions and they don't listen to anybody. It's all about the ego. It's I'm the business owner. It's my business. And when you start doing that and you get that ego and the pride right there, it's just it's just the downfall. It can be oh, the biggest yeah. demise. I mean. Your Walls business will not fast. be sustainable that way. I think yeah. that's something that I learned very quick. And I think that cer the certain personality of business owners that make them successful business owners is because they have that confidence, right? right. They have that leadership skill. Right. But I think as you get further into your business, you need to start listening. Yeah. That's, I think, a very important skill to have, right? right? It's listening to your employees. It's listening to your clients. It's listening to colleagues. I mean, there's so many people out there that know things way better than we do. Right. Well, one just, of my famous codes, one of my... Not my famous, one of the quotes that I always say, hopefully one day I'll get famous. <laughs> none of us is smarter than all of us. I mean, that's it. I love that. Yeah, I, I feel like this should be us. a famous quote. I think it should go on well, this wall. One day. <laughs> I think it should go on this so, wall. Why not? Make it today. We, every time make we it have, today. Make it today. Make shit you, you happen. That angel? Make shit happen. Make shit happen. Right in here. And we, you know, like I always start my meetings and I always talk about, it. I'm like, none of us is smarter than all of us because if all of us can put our heads together and come up with a solution, it's it's always good. So so yeah, when your business grows and you're in business, when you're become from solopreneur to an entrepreneur and you have a team and you have a mm -hmm. you know you have a lot of people, then you gotta listen to people because none of us is smarter than all of us. I really appreciate you coming over, Yusikana. Thank you for Thank you, you know so sharing this with us. Me. Thanks for taking the time. I know I know it's I know the interview ran a little longer. You know yeah. we blabbed a little bit uh, and everything. Before fun. I let you go, mm -hmm. I have to ask you one thing. What if <laughs> there was nothing else left and you want to leave something, a written message for your future generation or for the world. Okay. Three things you'll leave for them. Gosh. What will it be? Ended on such a deep note. Um, <laughs> you thought I, you were off the hook. I know. You? I was like, man, that went well. Um, three things. Three things. First, I will say, um, this was a quote that I heard that I really like and I have to remind myself to live by. Um, it's wherever you are, be there. Okay, so I think we live in times when we're just not present. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, if we're sitting here, we're thinking about the next thing. Well, I wasn't, I was being present, but you know, you're, you're in a meeting and you're thinking about what the next thing you're going to do. You're, you know, um, even when you're church, for example, or mosque or wherever you're going, you're in the middle of a prayer and you're thinking about what the next thing is to do, you know, or you're sitting with your friends and you're thinking about, so I just feel like we've lost that element of being mindful and present. So wherever you are, be there. there. Awesome. Life is too short. I love it. So that's one. That's one. Gosh, I should have thought about it. This is a homework you should have given me. Um, things that I want to leave people if with. I would, if I would give you the homework, this it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be as fun. I know, yeah. authentic. You're right. I would have like found something online. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think the second thing will be your health and family are everything. All right. So, you know, you know my background, but I think that, you know, fostering those relationships with your loved ones and taking care of yourself, like there's nothing better that you could do for yourself. Um, and then last thing will be um, resilience, work on building personal resilience, both on an emotional level and professional level. And I think if you have resilience, uh-huh. you can pretty much get through anything. You're going to have to de- uh, explain that a little bit more. Okay. I'm not letting you off the hook I know. Yet. I was like, it sounded resilience, really good. I know. It sounds really good. Um, well, because we all are going to face adversities in our life, right? We're all going to have struggles mm-hmm. and we're all sitting here trying to take the next step or make the next move. Um, and the only way we can overcome those is with resilience, mm-hmm. right? Um, and resilience is hard to build. That's usually when people give up. That's usually when people falter. That's usually when people make the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. It's in how you deal with those moments and how resilient you are that you kind of overcome them. Um, and, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, me going through my divorce culturally, that was a very hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't for the support of the people that I that love me so much that had, you know, that were there for me and me building my own emotional resilience, I don't think I'd be here today. I don't think I'd be sitting across from you, you know. And so um, that's something that I tell people all the time and especially women. We are very emotionally resilient people. We just have to learn to bring it up. I, I mean, you know, women are more stronger than men. I agree. I didn't want to say that. I wasn't going to do don't that, say that But you know, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to give you a high five for that. <laughs> really, I but, love that you said that. What? It's it's true. I I agree, but I don't want to ever say because you know people are like, oh, you know, a female being the president of the United States. I mean, she'll be too emotional. If like, a, if a female if a female cries, she cries in her bed or behind closed doors. If a man cries, everybody kind of see it. <laughs> they already pissed off at the world yeah in, in front of everybody you know just have a bad mood i mean you know, they're trying to match that behind them and, uh, you know, no, we are and we handle so much i think as women you know especially as gender roles have been changing over the generations you know we're pulling a lot of things from here and there and and yeah yeah i, I mean and, and, i mean 2020 you know come on let's face it i mean you know this is this is not like 19 19- 15 or 1920 no. it's 2020 well i appreciate you saying that yeah i, I really do i mean i'm i'm i mean honestly like i'm very supportive of women do i mean i'm a big uh how do i say it what's the word i'm looking for adversary yeah of, advocate of advocate mm-hmm. you know of like you know of women's i mean you know i think i think equality for women i mean but but then at the same time if you're going to be an equal you should definitely partake and be equal, and you know, I'll 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 send I'll end this yeah. podcast with, with one with a couple of little things, right? A woman, and, and I don't want to preach this on my podcast and be you know so controversial, but but there's three things that a woman should do if they want to be an equal. If you want to be an equal, then you should definitely. If you want respect, you should definitely give respect, reciprocate. Of course. If you want to be treated like a queen, reciprocate. Treat him like a king. Treat him like a king. Absolutely. Men don't want love. Men don't want love. If if anybody ever told you 
men wants love, it's a lie. Men wants respect. And appreciation, I think. And appreciation. Yeah. Men want to be treated like a king. And and that's just what it is. You know, uh, if a man don't want half of your money, but a man surely, a true man, a real man, surely wants you to treat him like a king, you know, treat treat them good, treat them with respect, cook breakfast with for them once in a while, lunch, <laughs> dinner. You know, when, they, when the man comes home and he's tired, woman should, you know, even if, you know, she's i get it you know she's working or whatever but you know once in a while take care of the man i promise you that's what's more important i am very i am an advocate of women's right but at the same time i am a man so i'll say <laughs> all y'all women listening to me treat your man like a king <laughs> thank you sakina thank you for coming thank over here so some of y'all might some some of the ladies would might not like me i might get some hate mail on that but it is what it is thank you so much for coming i appreciate <laughs> thank it thank you so much Thanks. thank you Guys, thanks for listening to Make Shit Happen, episode number 13. We were here with Sukena Rajani, the owner of Macaroon by Patisse. I don't know what else this lady does, but this was a great one. Thank you again for coming in. Appreciate it.